This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I hope you will plan to join me this year at Converge 19. Converge is the great conference put on by Conversant, the sponsor of this podcast, and it's in its fourth year bringing together some of the world's leading companies for two days of dynamic speakers, thought-provoking breakout sessions, and opportunities to connect with like-minded professionals. You will leave the conference with new resources and best practices, allowing you to continue the hard work of driving ethics to the center of your business. In this podcast, we visit with some of the upcoming speakers for Converge 19. In this episode, I visit with Valerie Towery, and we preview her talk at Converge 19 on cross-functional collaboration by the compliance function. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back with another episode of another speaker from Converge 19. Today, I have with me Kurt Stitcher. Kurt is going to tell you what his title is because it's so long, I can't remember it. But uh, Kurt, first of all, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. My pleasure, Tom. Thanks for having me. And your title is? My full title is Vice President of Global Compliance and Operations at DJO Global Inc., which is a med device manufacturer based outside of San Diego, California. So, Kurt, you're, the topic which has been assigned to you to speak on uh, is called Operation Globalization. And I was wondering if you might be able to just uh, give our audience a, a sense of uh, what the topic is and really how you have worked to globalize your compliance program uh, as well. Sure, Tom. Even though it was, in fact, assigned to me, it is something near and dear to my heart because I'm in a company now that operates globally but has a compliance program domestically that's on pretty good footing but needs a lot of work globally, a lot of opportunity for improvement. So I come into this from a a very broad perspective, having worked on Capitol Hill at the Central Intelligence Agency, as a federal prosecutor at the DOJ. I've been at law firms, a big four accounting firm, and for the past several years, I've been in-house compliance. So I've seen this from many different aspects. And what I wanted to cover in this presentation is not really legal or regulatory regimes or the enforcement environment, not building a program from scratch or really talking about the elements of a program or the effectiveness of those elements. I wanted to focus on taking an existing program to a global level, including some of the challenges around that, kind of a high-level approach, and then a little bit on the mechanics of it. That's a very, very broad overview. So that uh, the topic and your passion around this is one of the things that I think, uh, be, frankly, bedevils many compliance practitioners. Uh, and it bedevils them because uh, even uh, for a multinational organization, and having worked in, in several, you still get... Uh, outside the United States, some sort of uh, comments, remarks, or even pushback that uh, we understand it's an American law, but we don't want to do it that way. How do you deal with that sort of uh, commentary? Well, it is a tremendous challenge. There's, of course, legal and regulatory. There's cultural norms in these countries. And then there's resources. How much bandwidth do I have? How much bandwidth does my team have to take on that kind of pushback? What I have tried to do historically and I'm trying to do at DJO is take it step by step in terms of how I set this up through a global global risk assessment, through a cultural assessment, get an understanding from folks on the ground, the pressures they face, the environment in which they operate, what they think their key risk areas are, 
and what they see their relationship being to, I'll just call it corporate headquarters. Because ultimately, I am going to need buy-in, not just from my board and my own management here, but management outside the U.S. and participation by that management. So again, historically, and what I'm doing currently is using myself as the lead on this, trying to emphasize my empathy for the situation they face, try to develop my credibility, my rapport, that of my team, and work very closely with local leadership to understand what are the cultural norms, what is the business environment, what is the nature of the pushback, because the last thing I want to do has come across as a suit in a corporate ivory tower based in the States where I have my own environment to deal with and appear that I'm imposing on folks outside the country our norms, our environment, our rules and regulations and our policies without regard to how they might be operationalized globally. You know, I, I fancy myself a pretty good writer, and if I had written out what you just said, I could not have written it. As <laughs> that was a fine recitation of exactly the points I try to talk about as, as I have ever heard. But I wanted to start with uh, one of the points uh, you sort of opened with, which was the building of relationships. And originally talked about it in terms of your senior management, but then immediately went to uh the business leaders, the geographical and your market leaders outside of the United States. Why are those personal relationships so important? At a very basic level, our business is based on personal relationships. My belief as a compliance officer is that if I cannot build rapport, relationships and credibility, everything else I do is going to be lost. And that's something I'm always emphasizing to my team. These are people they have real needs. They have real imperatives. They have real prerogatives and pressures. They have revenue targets they have to hit, and that's what they're focused on. So you need to be a salesperson fundamentally, selling yourself, selling your functions, selling the value proposition of compliance to them to teach them how it's going to be beneficial to them. How will this help you, help us as a company, and help you day-to-day -day in your role? So what I always try to do, I don't want to use the word co-opt in a pejorative sense, but I I try to collaborate with and then sort of subtly co-opt local management because those folks have far more influence on their employees than I can ever hope to have with any number of policies, training modules, communications, et cetera. So my job is to get them to believe in what we're doing, to show them how it helps benefit them and their folks, and then use them as my eyes and ears and voice on the ground because I can't be everywhere at once. My team can't be everywhere at once. We all have resource constraints, and that's just one way of attempting to overcome them. Well, Kurt, I'm greatly looking forward uh, to your presentation. You've touched on so many things that I think are absolutely critical, and, and I can't wait to see you further expand on your thoughts uh, not only how to do it, but what your experience has been. I wanted to thank you for uh, taking the time to visit with me today, and I look forward to meeting you at uh, Converge 19. Tom, it's been my great pleasure. I look forward to meeting you there as well. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you plan to join me for Converge 19. It's going to be a great conference, probably one of the top conferences of this year, both in terms of educational sessions, breakout sessions, and individual moderated conversations. I know you will enjoy it. I have a few discount codes available for complimentary passes to Converge 19. So if you're interested, please email me at 
tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can find out more information about the conference on the show notes that accompany this podcast. 